This episode contains content that might not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. This is Breaking Bread with Brilliant Babes. I'm your host, Tatiana Jimenez. We're recording today from my tiny apartment in San Francisco, and I'm joined remotely by Crystal Penn. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Anytime. So for for any first-time listeners out there, our purpose is to shed some light on everyday people doing brilliant things. I invite them into my home, cook a meal, and then we eat together and chat about their careers and how they got where they are today. Today I'm enjoying a cocktail that I'm calling Strawberry and Rosemary Had a Baby in Alaska. (laughs) Um, Our guest is a marketing director and publicist who works in the adult entertainment industry, so this should be a very fun episode. (laughs) But uh, Crystal, can you start by telling us a little about what you're doing currently and your career history up until this point? I'm the marketing and editorial director at Groovy Productions. We've been in business for the last I think over 20 years. We're a transport company, and I also have my own sort of boutique uh, marketing and PR firm called Ikigai Marketing. And in Japanese, that means reason for being. And I've been in the industry for whew, 10 years. And I, I I never thought I would be here. So if anybody's thinking like that was sort of like my goal or plan, one, I, I, I didn't even realize that something like this existed. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to me that there were people who were doing marketing for porn. And two, I just I just sort of stumbled upon it. Um, when I was in college, I thought I was going to be an angsty writer. I majored in religion, not because I was religious, but because I'm gay. And I was really stressed out because people were like, you're gay, you're going to go to hell. And I said, I have no concept of that. And that stresses me out. So I, I studied it academically. And I thought I was going to write a novel and sort of, I don't know, be angsty for the rest of my life. <laughs> so after college, I moved back to Hawaii and I was taking pictures for the newspaper and I was doing nightlife stuff. And someone that I knew asked if I needed a job. And they're like, "Do you? can you do Photoshop? Are you looking for a job? And I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I can do Photoshop. That's cool, whatever. And she's like, okay, well, it's for a porn company. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, no biggie. <laughs> and she's like, it's a trans porn company. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. <laughs> Makes no difference to me. So I was actually originally hired to do photo retouching. And I'm not that good at it, so I'm really glad that that's not what I'm doing now. And I remember on my first day, my task, my only task, was to Photoshop out toilet paper from a model's butt. (laughs) And I did that all day for eight hours. I sat at my desk with, like, the picture blown up trying to take out (laughs) toilet paper. And I'm horrible at Photoshop. So it was a very long day for many reasons. Mm -hmm. And the next day, uh, my boss was training me on something else, and he figured out that I could write. And he's like, oh, no, no, don't, don't, don't do the Photoshop. I'm going to have you do other things. <laughs> and so I sort of worked my way up uh, from the very bottom. I did blogging, and then I started to do sort of uh, like webmaster stuff. Mm-hmm. I went back to school, and I got a certificate in marketing, and I just sort of did little by little by little but till, till now, basically. That's awesome. So is that – that's and that's the same company you've been with for 10 years? Yeah, so, so I've been in porn for 10 years, and I've been with the same company for 10 years. Wow. So you were able to move from Hawaii to, you're in Southern California now, right? 
Yeah, which is mm-hmm. like we're all where a lot of the porn companies are. And so yeah. I don't know how long the company was in Hawaii before I joined. But because the adult industry essentially is in Southern California and Vegas, or at mm-hmm. the time it was just mostly Southern California, it was actually not that efficient, I think, to have all the content sent to us back in Hawaii. We oh. were a little bit further removed. So mm-hmm. my boss thought it was a better idea for us to be relocated to California. Okay. Well, I guess, do you want to talk a little bit about the moment that you felt that you broke into your, the question is industry slash role, but maybe the role you're in now, because it sounds like you've come far from where you started with the Photoshop and the toilet paper. From my humble beginnings. Yes. <laughs> Photoshopping on toilet paper. Uh, we all have to start somewhere. Yeah, we really. do. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the funny thing is when, when I was in Hawaii and I was, you know, doing blogging and Photoshop retouching for that one day, Mm -hmm. I felt so removed from the industry. It felt like a very completely different thing because I I never saw any of the performers. All I saw is the finished content and that Mm -hmm. was it. So it makes it actually feel like a much different industry. Mm -hmm. When we moved to California, I started to do more networking stuff. And, And now I do a lot of networking. I do networking with performers, with business people. And so I think the reality of my job or sort of like the full scope of my job has only actually been realized in the last maybe year and a half at most, Mm -hmm. which is strange, right? Because I've been in the industry for quite some time, but it hasn't really sunken in that that's what I do until very recently. Yeah, that makes sense. And I I feel like I mean, I th- I don't think it's this way for everyone, but so far from the folks that I've interviewed, it kind of feels like it takes, you know, some time, like let's say five to 10 years to really start to feel like an expert, maybe. Elizabeth in the previous episode or from episode 17 was talking about doing speaking coaching with or just coaching with actors in the opera uh, in mm-hmm. opera so basically when you're you know you're learning your lines for a play there's that process of learning the lines and then once you can live and breathe those lines then you can really perform and I feel yes. like it's a similar thing with just jobs and careers in general like it takes a while to develop yeah because I don't know when is that moment when something feels like it's a job versus your career because it's certainly mm-hmm. not something that I intentionally set out to do. Like, like I said, I, yeah. I didn't even realize that it existed. Like that could be a dream that I could have, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, yeah. I don't know what I thought I, I, I was going to do instead at some point, but I just mm-hmm. thought, Oh, this is my job. You know, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that I met people in our industry, interacted with them and started to do work in community, then it began to feel like, no, this is my purpose. Yeah. You know, it's more mm-hmm. than just sort of this fun. I mean, it's like a fun story to tell when I when I go to places that are like not, you know, adult parties. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and then I start to do it, say other things like, oh, we, you know, we started this nonprofit and we did this. And then it begins to feel like I have purpose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's cool. Along your journey, did you have a mentor and are you a mentor to others? Um, it's probably too generous for me to say that I'm a mentor to others, <laughs> although hopefully one day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I've been very fortunate. You know, our company is very small. and My boss has been great in the sense that you know, he's been in the industry obviously much longer than I have. Mm-hmm. And especially in the last few years where my role has shifted to something that's more of a public figure and a little bit closer to what he does. He's been very great in sort of connecting me with other people. 
and sort of sharing those resources and information for me. Another person that's been great is actually, because our part of the industry is really small, it's sort of like a community. So there's somebody who works for another company. Her name is Fran. I think that's okay to say. And she is amazing. She's been in the industry for, I want to say at least 20 years. And, you know, I think she, I mean, we're technically competition, Mm-hmm. but you know, we're really good friends. She shares her resources. Um, I mean, I'm certainly come to the table with less to bring just because I've been in the industry for at least a month of time. And she's, she's always very generous and she's looked out for me in places where people are crappy, you know? So I'm very thankful for, her. I, I really, really look up, up to her because I think mm-hmm. that she's conducted herself in a way that's very commendable. She tries to always do the right thing. She's generous with the resources and she's just, she's very, very kind and open. That's awesome. So maybe in like another 15 years, I'll be like closer to that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, yeah, it sounds like she's kind of a a good role model as well. And someone that you'll Mm -hmm. maybe like want to like emulate, like even if there are people from competing companies, like it's knowledge doesn't really hurt us. (laughs) It doesn't hurt to share knowledge. And I think I'm really grateful that she's so generous about it. So I think if Mm -hmm. if I'm where she's at, even just like slightly, like even if I'm just like a 10%, Uh I I will be I will be a much better person for it. So if I can even get just a little bit closer, I that would be perfect for me. That's really cool. This is a fun question. (laughs) <laughs> what what has been your biggest career obstacle so far slash shittiest moment? And in porn, maybe yep. it's literal. There could be a literal shitty moment. I'm just I know, kidding. Okay, so I have a t- I have a totally serious answer, and then maybe a not that serious answer. Okay. So the serious answer is that mm. I. I, I, I stick out like a sore thumb in the adult industry, especially on the business side. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of uh, straight cis men mm-hmm. and I don't fit the mold at all. So it's been difficult in some places to, to convince people that I deserve a spot at the table. You know, even if we have the same experience, even if we've been in the industry for the same amount of time, I think because I look as young as I look and because I'm short and sort of travel size, I get, I've gotten written off a lot. And mm. so that's been difficult, but I think that I, I had decided pretty early that I'm, I was just going to be me and be consistent. And so I didn't really want to bend and be like other people. So I'm just, I'm super friendly, you know, I just, I'm very bubbly and I, I, I feel like that sort of worked for me in that way. So that's mm. been an, an obstacle. I think another thing that's been a little bit tricky is sort of navigating public persona life. Mm. You know, I, I never, <laughs> I'm not meant to be a public figure. I'm not qualified to be a public figure. It, like nobody should be coming to me, like to set an example or for advice, you know, so sort of be an accidental public figure has been also difficult in sort of navigating mm. privacy, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And, and also like, I'm very aware of the fact that there's so much I don't know you know, yeah. and I think it's hard to be a public figure and not know a lot of stuff, but then there's the assumption that you should know. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, you know. but I think a lot of that can be just like the pressure that we put on ourselves too, because I mean, there are a lot of public figures out there right now that don't know anything, but they right. have so much power and it doesn't right. make any sense. So, I mean, I think you're probably in this position because you do know a lot and you are really successful at what you do. And it's so, very generous. Yeah. <laughs> And people trust you. People have trust in you to do that job. So I hope so. Yeah. 
<laughs> but as far as but as far as being a public figure, like, are you speaking in terms of representing your clients or being the the spokesperson for your company, or what what exactly do you mean by that? It's kind of a little bit of all of it. You know okay. what I mean? I think that it's hard to be a public figure for a company mm-hmm. just because, you know, it, it means that me as an individual, you know, however I show myself on social media, which is essentially cat pictures and, you know, me playing guitar randomly, uh-huh. like that's by extension part of the company. So how does mm. that reflect on the company? And so yeah. it's sort of a weird thing to wrap my mind around sometimes that like me as an individual can actually be an extension of a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know what I mean? And like, what is okay or appropriate to do in service of that business? Mm-hmm. When it's like, but I just want to post cat pictures like all day. Right. Yeah. That you makes know? Sense. So that's, that's been a little bit of a tricky thing to navigate. And I think also privacy has been sort of odd, you know, like I, I have my clients and we hang out and stuff like that. And I, I try to be really aware that I don't post where we are. Mm-hmm. I post it after the fact, you know, I, I try to keep all of those things very separate but it's, it's, it's weird to me, you know, I'm, I'm 30, ooh, f- f- four, five, I'm not sure. I'm like 30-ish <laughs> <laughs> in that range, uh-huh. you know? And so when I was a teenager, the internet was just slowly starting. To, it was safe to like chat, be in Yahoo chat rooms and, you know, mm-hmm. you weren't afraid of like things happening, at least for me. Mm-hmm. But now the landscape feels a lot different. And so it's something that I still have to be very conscious about because it doesn't come naturally to me in the way that yeah. I see Uh, like teenagers to sort of navigate the internet with like much more confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then, so I think the, you were going to talk about a second shitty thing (laughs) that wasn't as serious as privacy. (laughs) (laughs) Like here's this downer. (laughs) But let me tell you this thing about bodily fluids. So my company, and this is not really shitty, like the worst thing that's ever happened uh-huh. type thing, but um, okay. <laughs> my company hosts the, the Transgender Erotica Awards. We call it the T's. It's basically the, the Oscars of trans porn. That is and so I've cool. been the event producer for it for, I think, over five years now. It's a, it's a, three, it's a three-day event. There's a pre-party and there's, a, um, there's an award ceremony it, and people come from all over the world. It's really fun. It's very stressful. So... Before, we used to do the awards and an after party. And so when you do it that way, when you get to the after party, people are really, really ready to party. Mm-hmm. And when you throw a party for porn people, it gets to be <laughs> it gets to be a little crazy because, you know, everybody, yeah. it's like a big party. It's a big reunion. There's a lot of nudity. Mm-hmm. So there was one year where people had gotten kicked out because there was apparently some ass eating that was happening at the <laughs> venue. And I, I don't think you're supposed to do ass eating in the venue because uh-huh. it was a nightlife event. So that was sort of awkward. Uh-huh. Also because it was told to me. <laughs> like I didn't see it. You know, I was like running the party. I was trying to make sure everyone was having a good time. Uh-huh. And the security guard kind of was like, <laughs> Pushing, you know, like kind of like tapped me to go on the side, and I was uh-huh. like, "You know what's up?" And he's like, "Oh, with the situation." So I thought it was, you know, something really terrible would happen. Except he couldn't explain; like he didn't know how to tell me. <laughs> so it's like, "There's, there, there's a, there's like a a butt, like a butt eating thing happening," <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with it. So, yeah. Oh my god. So that- <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Not the most terrible thing, but no. um, but related. Yeah, stressful <laughs> in the moment, I'm sure. <laughs> because not even dress that really. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, so if anybody wants to come to the parties, there's there there should be no butt eating, but there's lots mm-hmm. of other fun things happening. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That sounds like a fair rule um, <laughs> to enforce. has been your biggest opportunity slash best moment wow yeah <laughs> um so far <laughs> so my career has been going really well I'm really thankful in the last year and a half there was this really cool project that my company did it was this movie called real fucking girls and it was really cool because we chose this director who her name is Mona Wales and she basically got to choose the performers and those performers got to choose their scene partners. And that doesn't always happen in porn. Hmm. Sometimes all that stuff's already planned out. Another thing that made it unique was that Mona consulted with our trans performers and asked if it would be okay, like to use their stories. And so they collaborated. So each of the vignettes that you see in the movie are, are pretty true to life as comfortable as our performers felt like sharing. Hmm. So there was an authenticity of it that like, you don't always see. I think that was about a year, year, maybe two years ago. And it won. And I personally never expect to win anything. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie was, I think the movie is, is, is wonderful. And I think it's, it's, it's a great showing for our genre that it won. So that was a big accomplishment for us. And there was a companion documentary that was filmed with it to show Ooh. this is what happens behind the scenes. Right. That's cool. So it was really neat. And so I actually use a, like an excerpt from the from the documentary in educational workshops that I do where we're trying to destigmatize porn because mm-hmm. I think some of the issue around it is that like people assume porn is a certain way that it's inherently exploitive you know and, and I mm-hmm. think part of it is because you're just not privy to seeing what happens behind the scenes mm-hmm. and so we would show this documentary in our presentations just to, to talk about those things because I think it's a lot easier to dissect when we can kind of bring it all up to the, all up in the open. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I want to watch that documentary. Is that available to the public? It is. I don't know what the link is offhand, but I'll I'll send it to you and that way you can share it if you want. I will warn, there is nudity and there is sex. (laughs) Okay. Good to know. We will, but we'll put it on the website with the disclaimer. Okay. It's it's really, it's it's a beautiful film. So I I will say that. That sounds really cool. All right. Well, um... Yeah, net, moving on to talents, more talents, <laughs> hidden talents. So on this show, I also like to highlight what I call hidden talents. So things that are significant to our lives that we might not add to our resumes or are necessarily work-related. So Crystal, upon friending you or befriending you <laughs> on the Instagram, Caitlin and I discovered that <laughs> You uh, like to do cover songs with your tiny guitars. Yes. (laughs) And I just want to say for the record on the show that I don't remember which song it was, but uh, the song was so beautiful that it made Caitlin cry. (laughs) I think it was No Diggity. (laughs) I mean, that song is very emotional. (laughs) It was my most poignant cover, I'd say. (laughs) But yeah, so it lo- it looks like you've done like a series of these these videos. So is this something that you've been doing for a long time? I've been yeah, I've been doing it off and on for 
maybe over a year now and it's just for fun like my 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 social media my twitter is inundated with really beautiful but lots of naked bodies Uh (laughs) and i personally can't contribute to that part of the conversation (laughs) you know so i thought well you know i would like to 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 offer something of Mm -hmm. myself and so i decided well i'm just gonna play cheesy low covers because i like whitney houston and i like george michael you know and why not and so i've been just doing it for fun um I have a client who's a really good friend of mine. Her name is Hudson Han, who is a real singer. I'm not a real singer. And she, you know, because she's so generous with her time and because I don't have anyone to play with, but really want to play, you know, she's like, well, what do you want to play? I'll play with you, which was the best thing ever. And so I said, well, can we, can we play Cher and Peter Sotero? <laughs> and because she's a really good friend. She played Sherry Peterson Tarot. Wow. You know, and so, and all kinds of fun stuff. And so it's been this really light place on the internet for me to sort of be myself and sort of not worry about things. Mm -hmm. And also just be uh, the weird, the weird me that I am, basically. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Have you ever performed like in front of people? (laughs) (laughs) So way back in the day when I still lived in Hawaii and I was angsty and thought I was going to be a writer. Uh Before porn was a thought in my mind, a friend and I actually used to play gigs in these like little bars and stuff like that. And we would, our favorite thing was to basically play really emo rock kind of music, but like really sad and acoustic. Oh my God. (laughs) That's great. We were were bummers on stage, (laughs) but it was really fun. And so we used to do that. And then I moved and, you know, I would just play sometimes in the living room, which Uh irritates the hell out of my cats uh-huh yeah <laughs> and now I just irritate people on the internet on occasion that's totally fine but um <laughs> you live in SoCal and I know that in LA they started doing this, this you know how at clubs they'll have like 80s night 90s mm-hmm. night they've started doing emo night I've heard and I really want to find that here in the Bay Area to go to <laughs> But it's just a bunch of people, like, in their mid-30s, like, angry, screaming, singing songs. Yeah. I'm very excited. That's totally me. And you can come to Southern California, and we will go together. That sounds great. And ugly cry in the crowd. Yes. And put on our dark eyeliner. Oh, yes. It'll Mm -hmm. be, it's just, it'll just be like a regular Tuesday for us. It'll be fine. (laughs) That's great. Well, we have a handful of really fun listener questions for you. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) So, um, all right, let's dive into these. So the first one we have is, who gets to name the films? And then in parentheses, dream job. (laughs) (laughs) It is quite fun. Uh I've gotten to do, I don't know, maybe one or two. I'm not that creative in that way. My it, for our company, my boss actually gets to name a lot of the DVDs because I think he enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's ever, and I don't, I don't get to do this anymore because it's not quite part of my job. But when if there are descriptive but boring titles, they are probably mine. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he didn't really do titles, but I used to do the backs of the of the DVDs. Oh, cool. So if you ever read what, the back of a DVD of ours, and it feels you feel like it's telling a story, it might be from me. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, my boss normally does that. I think he gets a kick out of it. Yeah. There are some very creative porn titles out there. Mm-hmm. They're very fun. 
they're... it's my favorite thing to do like when i go to an adult store uh-huh. I, I basically go to straight to the dvd section <laughs> to first see if our dvds are there uh-huh. then to see like what cool titles there are and i laugh i laugh all by myself so i look crazy yeah. <laughs> and then i look crazier because then i want to know if i know people uh-huh. you know what i mean so then i'm like grabbing stuff and i'm like hey i know them but clearly nobody believes me yeah yeah <laughs> I'm like, this is my friend so-and-so. And everybody's like, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> friend, quote unquote. Yeah, friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So um, the next question is, do you market the films your clients are in? And how is that done when everything is online these days? I mean, you just mentioned DVDs, but I imagine probably most of the promotions happen online. Yeah, I think the the business model is changing. And I think that mm-hmm. that's absolutely right. A lot of it is online. And so that has started to shift. So we have different types of DVDs. So we have DVDs that are sort of like, I said, like real fucking girls, which is, it's like a feature project, we put a lot of money into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's meant to be in a certain format, we'll do an extra push. So for that one, we did marketing, I did like a press release, pitched it to mainstream press, we did a movie premiere, which I thought was really fun. Whoa. Yeah, so stuff like that. But uh, but the bulk of it really is done online. We'll do mm-hmm. press for it. We'll do interviews with the performers. We'll share it on social media. And t- that tends to be the extent of it, unless it's like a bigger project. Like I said, for Real Fucking Girls, we'd kind of market it in sort of unconventional ways. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the film that I use, the documentary for workshops. Mm-hmm. So I try to think outside the box for that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's really smart. And then also you mentioned the adult film awards. I imagine mm-hmm. like submitting your films to those award shows and winning awards or even being nominated is also a good source of marketing for you guys. Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. source of marketing. And something that has been my personal mission in our company is looking for places where you would not traditionally find porn or porn mm-hmm. representation, but it makes sense. And so in the last few years, I started to go to like sex positive conferences. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. to sort of talk about destigmatizing porn consumption or even just to sort of demystify the adult industry as a whole. Yeah. Okay. You know, just to sort of branch out. So that's been other mm-hmm. ways that I've decided to market that may not necessarily fit the traditional bill. Yeah. Very cool. The next question we have is, oh, have you ever been asked to attend a taping of the actors you represent? (laughs) So when they filmed Real Fucking Girls, it was a big deal. And I got invited to go to set. I've been in the adult industry for 10 years. And I, I only went to set like two years ago. So I (laughs) had no idea what to expect. It was, yeah, it, I, it was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh-huh. Everybody was really nice. I think something that people miss is that there's actually a lot of talk about consent, boundaries. It happens before, before they, 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 they film the finished product, basically. So I got to sit there and I got to watch these two performers talk about what they liked, what they didn't like. And it was, it was very eye-opening. It was very long, the whole thing. But lovely. It, it was really lovely to see two people take care of each other on film. Mm. And I've only been on set maybe twice, twice in my whole uh-huh. career. That's cool. So I, that kind of leads into the part of the next question, which I'll, I'll just ask the first part. Are the actors generally nice? I have met some <laughs> really, really, really lovely people. Uh-huh. Like lovely, dorky, and I mean this in like the best way, like dorky people Mm -hmm. you know from all walks of life 
it, <laughs> it it's really warmed my my cold dead heart. <laughs> uh-huh. That's good because yeah, when I think of any kind of actor, I think of divas, and right. a lot of a lot of porn seems very serious. Even though the the names of the films are not serious, but it just like like seems like a very intimidating industry. Um, it, it it is really big, so I will say that in that sense. I mean, it's kind of like high school, right? Mm-hmm. It's so vast that you definitely have people that, in my opinion, are not that nice or divas or you know, kind of yeah. fall into sort of in sort of that that stereotype. Because I work in the trans part of the industry, or or even just sort of like on the outliers, we're like little misfits. Yeah. You know, and so uh, I certainly meet not nice people, but a lot of the people that I've met are really lovely and dorky and just very sweet. Mm-hmm. So it's actually been very, I don't know, it's its sort of been nice to be in this part of the industry. It feels very, I don't know, safe in that way. Yeah. Cool. So, and I don't know if you can answer this question, but do you have a favorite actor or actress in the <laughs> industry? I, I feel like as a publicist that represents multiple people. <laughs> I probably should not answer that. Okay. And and honestly, like, I, I really mean this. I have met some really lovely, sweet individuals. So I don't know if I could choose one over the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, if you're separately, like, measuring on, like, their skills on screen, I don't know how to measure that as well. <laughs> <laughs> They're all very talented. Yeah. <laughs> but if you go to my website, you can see all the talented folks. And, oh, and cool. they're all very nice. Awesome. Well, that's fun. Let's see. So... What do you feel is the biggest misconception about porn? Two things. I think one is that it's inherent, inherently exploitive, okay. particularly to women. And, I, you know, I think the difficulty is that, like, the adult industry is so big mm-hmm. that sort of making these overgeneralizations is actually not that helpful. There are certainly right. dark places in the, in the adult industry that I'm not trying to dispute at all. It's, like, not perfect, mm-hmm. you know, but I think sort of, saying that it's all it's all like that is actually unfair mm-hmm. you know and i think what happens a lot in these conversations is that we have sex workers who are, are speaking sort of being proud sex workers right and are doing all these things and i think that people are telling them well no you're being exploited mm-hmm. and so i think you know what happens a lot of times in communities that like sex workers voices are being discounted okay. and not heard mm-hmm. you know and so i think if we can enter these conversations and see the good and the bad, I think we'll see a, a more or understand a more comprehensive way to look at the adult industry because it, it, it's not perfect. Right. No industry is perfect. Mm-hmm. All, all industries have sort of good and bad and light and dark. And so I think we need to ha- start having those sort of, I think, more nuanced conversations about it in order to really see what works and doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So along along those lines, do you have any suggestions for folks who are interested in porn but don't like the stereotypical offerings and are maybe looking for something more inclusive? I think without knowing what sort of inclus- inclusivity they're looking for, right. it, it's sort of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if these people know certain performers, you know, and can kind of start there and look at companies that these performers shoot for and just kind of branch out from that way. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you can do is, you know, just by Googling, there are video sites. And so what I do want to say is a disclaimer about about tube sites, which is what I think a lot of people use to to watch porn, mm-hmm. is that a lot of these uh, tube sites, they have pirated content, which means that that's basically stolen content. Okay. So if you want to be a conscious and ethical consumer of porn, you pay for it. So even if you happen to see where, you know, where it is on the tube site 
you know, to go where the source is and to support those companies and sort of support those performers. I know that there are, well, basically anything that you can think of as porn probably exists. Mm-hmm. So to just Google, you know what I mean? And if people, if, if listeners have specific requests in terms of what they're looking for, I can certainly help guide them, you know, in, in that way. But I think without knowing specifically what sort of inclusivity they're looking for, what kind of things they're into, mm-hmm. it's a little bit harder to measure or sort of harder to find. Yeah. That's really good advice, though, especially like the piracy stuff. You know, if you want, if you want to see more of the kinds of porn that you're into, you probably want to try to support it and you want it to like be around so (laughs) yeah so yeah and i think what mm -hmm. we're seeing now too is that porn is not just created by big companies they're created by individual producers performers Mm -hmm. you know and so what i tell people is that yes I, i would love it if consumers came to you know the sites that i work for the company that i work for and pay for their porn mm-hmm. but I, w- I just want them to pay for it. So like if they go to the site and they see a performer they like and that performer makes their own content, go directly to that performer and support them and, 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 and put money to, to their career. Yeah. You know? Well, the last question, uh, the last listener question that we ask everyone is if you weren't uh, in marketing and publicity for the adult industry, what other types of work would you be interested in? Oh, well, is, can, can I be a, like a tiny guitar cover person? (laughs) Official. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. You know, I've always wanted to be a writer. That's kind of what I wanted to be since as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. So maybe I would do that. Uh I don't know what I would write about. Maybe my adventures in the adult industry. Yeah. I mean, that would be cool. I remember, um, I read Diablo Cody's book. I think it was uh-huh. called the diary of a candy stripper or something like that. Candy, the uh-huh. stripper, I guess it was a memoir about the time she spent, uh, working as a stripper. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so good. It's such a good <laughs> memoir, but yeah, I don't know if mine would be as colorful. Okay. <laughs> I would read it though. <laughs> if not, I can fall back on my tiny guitar career. So there you maybe go. it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to ask my guests at the end of every episode, what are you looking forward to this week? And it doesn't have to be work related. I just want to sleep, honestly. That's fair. <laughs> I have midterms coming up. I would love to sleep. Oh my gosh. So you're you're in school right now? Yeah, so uh-huh. I, I just enrolled in a master's program for counseling. Oh, wow. So I'm trying to figure that out as I go. And eventually, hopefully, I would like to offer sort of affirming therapy or mental health services to sex workers in the LGBTQ community whenever I finish school. So I don't know, maybe 20 years from now. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, well, that's terrific. I love that. <laughs> and I think that, yeah, having the experience working with the folks that you do, I think that you'd be perfect for that. <laughs> Because you like know so. and understand that that community. Having- I think mental health services are, are super important to have, mm-hmm. and I don't think that there's enough competent and affirming care. You yeah. know, so uh-huh. I would like to I would like to help out in any way I can, even if it's in some sort of small capacity mm-hmm. somewhere. But like I said, yeah. this might be twenty years from now at the rate yeah. I'm going, so I don't know. We'll see. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. In closing, do you have anything you would like to plug or any like resources out there or I guess other, maybe other, even if it might be competition, like other film companies that you are a fan of? I don't know. People should check out. <laughs> um, so 
I will plug my 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 PR site. So it's ikigaimarketing.com. And you can see all of my clients there. And I have a really eclectic group of clients, not just sex workers, but the people sort of uh, like sexologists and all, all, all kinds of all kinds of folks. So I highly encourage everyone to check it out. I'm also part of a group practice called Meld and Mend, which is a, how would I describe this? We, we wanted we want to do intersectional wellness in the specific areas of wealth, health and happiness. So it's myself. So I'm doing marketing, life coaching. So I'm the wealth. Health is her name is Tracy and she does mental health services. So mental health stuff. And then, well, well, sorry, I have to think. I obviously didn't practice <laughs> the tagline. I'm not being a great brand ambassador. <laughs> happiness, which is the last part of it. Hudson Han is our relationship kink coach. So we're trying to offer services in those three areas because we believe that those three areas are very important to, to tend to. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And we'll have all of those links and everything else we've discussed on our website. I mean, <laughs> it might be interesting to link to porn on our website, but it's okay. It's a first for everything, right? Yeah. I was actually like uh, wondering about Instagram. Like, do I want to put hashtag porn on this post? Like what, what kind of, what, I don't know, like what kind of, uh, audience that's gonna draw <laughs> I, I can't say that sometimes when I tag things uh-huh. I get unsolicited penis pictures ah okay maybe I'll stay away from that for now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I get quite a few oh my god well uh <laughs> I can send them your way if you want I think we're okay well, <laughs> <you know. laughs> oh my gosh well, well, you know, marketing. Yeah, definitely. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was fun. <laughs> yes, definitely. So to learn more about Crystal's work and other topics we've covered on this episode, head over to our website, brilliantbabespodcast.com, where you can also listen to previous episodes, check out our event calendar, and get the recipes for the dishes we make for each episode. Today's recipe was strawberry and rosemary had a baby in Alaska. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and stay tuned for episodes every other Tuesday. Take care, everyone.